to getting salty, baby. Yeah, here's the getting salty. I mean, listen, if nothing else, we're going to enjoy the podcast. We're going to enjoy the podcast. Episode three, baby. <laughs> Welcome, Ariana. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. How was your week, bud? Oh, my week's been pretty good. Welcome back to episode three. Yes, welcome back to episode three, everybody. <gasps> oh, side note. I tried. What? So you left that yogurt soju at Ash's Oh, house? yes, I did. So we had a games night on Friday. Ray brought a yogurt soju from our friends at Bishop's Landing. Bishop's Cellar. That well, is, they're situated sorry. at Bishop's they're Landing. At Bishop's Landing. In my sorry. defense, Bishop's <laughs> Cellar. Did you see the blind panic on no. face? We can, we can cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Bishop's Cellar, which is... On Bishop's Landing. Yes. Anyways, you bought the yogurt soju. We mm-hmm. didn't try it because I bailed because I was so tired. Everybody was on different levels. I was fading that so evening. fast. I was fading so fast. Um, anyway, yeah. Um, I I'm cracked it yesterday. We had a little Pathfinder session with for playtest. Oh. For um with Will and Laura. These are all people no one knows, but we know them. Yeah. Anyways, I was like, oh, she left it here. I'm going to try it. It's incredible. Yes. Uh, soju is a Korean liqueur. For anyone who's not familiar, it's only like 20% alcohol content. And it was apparently so it tastes good. like butt when it's not flavored. Like it's oh. not tasty at all. Okay. Or it's, sorry, I shouldn't say that. It's not, it's, it's not just a, a harsh flavor. It's a harsh flavor when it's not flavored with like normally it's fruit like peach or mango or blueberry but right. the yogurt one i've been told many times um it is so is good. very very good and, and i you liked know me it. i'm not a big like i'm not a spirit forward kind of person no no i want <laughs> not, none of us really are yeah that's true yeah. if i'm gonna order a cocktail and they're like oh it's spirit forward i'm like oh you can oh, count yeah, me the yeah, hell yeah. out of that <laughs> i want it to taste like juice yes <laughs> thank you thank you um yes amazing mm-hmm and oh, look at this tiny little chef's knife. Do you want this bigger knife? <laughs> I guess. It's like we're in ghost. It is. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> Just love. embracing Delaney from behind while she's brandishing two knives. <laughs> That's what gets you every time. Yep. So, episode three. Episode three, yes. This is a, well, no, it's not a record for us, but I'll say quality wise, this is a record for us. The fact that this is the third week in a row we've consistently been able to record. Right? Like, I'm really proud of us. Oh, good for us. Good for us. Hi, and we got... <laughs> Ooh, that's going to be a good sound. And we got great feedback from the one, the only, Jane Tilly. Oh, yes. Queen. My mother. Mother of Tilly's. Famously loves Lord of the Rings. And, uh, of course, we, we brought her up a couple times in the last episode. She was uh, very pleased, and she also wanted to give this following note to everybody. Um... If anyone is interested in the Chronicles of Narnia, the book series, <laughs> and we're back. She <laughs> Crowns of Narn, baby. She is a very firm believer that uh, the books should be read in an order that they are not sold in. So if you get like a box set of these books, they come in, I guess, the order that C.S. Lewis published them in. I feel like is probably. Of course, Jane has notes for C.S. Lewis. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, she just wanted everybody to know that if you're going to get into those books, uh, it's instinctual to want to start with the line, the witch in the wardrobe, because it is the most famous. Yep. You should really be starting with the magician's nephew. And that's really? All, that's all I will say. Oh. I'll pass that on from my mother to, from Jane's lips to the listener's ears. 
Wow, descriptive. Yeah. <laughs> I do have the full full collection, so I will have to uh, oh, yeah, I'll actually look into that. that. Take a peek at uh, mm. Jine's recommendations. Yes, Jine. And back to today's topic. Oh, yes. Uh, we are making Orzo al Limone yeah. from Molly Bass's cookbook. Cook this book. Maybe we sh- Let's talk about what Molly means to us oh, as a couple. Truly. Because she's, I mean, she's so I'm just, quite a... I'm slicing an onion just to let everybody know I'm not just like... Yes, yeah, Dylan's getting, getting right into it already. Well, yeah, I'm we so get... excited. Mm. Tell me, tell me what Molly means to you, Ray. Well, I think it's uh, I think it's difficult to gonna... start talking about. Sorry. What are you trying to get? The book? Uh, the butter. Oh, the butter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can start that pan going. Yeah. So I'm gonna start melting the butter into the uh, Dutch oven here, big red. Back out once again after the Rivolita. Oh yeah. Mm. Um, Dust her off. So yeah, so Molly Baz is a, I think it's fair to say she's a cookbook author. Is that like her official title? Yeah, I mean, I think she's been a cook. I don't, she never really calls herself a chef. No, she doesn't. She calls I think herself that's why a maybe cook. I stayed away from using but, that word. I mean, but... I would still classify her as a chef in yes, my she non, is. non-professional culinary brain. And you actually, I believe, introduced me to her. <gasps> did I? I think you did. Oh my god! Uh, deep in pandemic times, I developed a bit of a girl crush on Allison Roman. Who didn't? I mean, for real. Oh. And it's not the nail polish to... and the lip color. Like it's the, uh, the, the sauce. It's that shallotty pasta sauce, which oh, we yeah. probably will do at some point. Oh, absolutely, we will. But uh, in the vein of really fun, cool girl crush cookbook authors. <laughs> Um, Delaney, Which you would you, think is a smaller vein than it really is, but you would it's think significant. That, but no, there's a lot to work with. And you brought me Molly Baz, who is mm. uh, based in California, also has a, an affinity for royal blue and canary yellow. Truly, and masters it well. Yes. She likes her primary colors, I feel. She really likes her primary colors. We can respect that. Yeah, we sure. can. Especially me, who's traditionally quite scared of color. Yes. She's really brought... She's really brought something new for me yeah. in their color realm. And I think the first the first recipe of hers that I ever made was also a pasta recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the peanutty pork noodles. Oh, yeah. Because yes. you actually got this cookbook before I did. Famously. Famously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I talked to you every step of the way. I think I told you when I was going to Chapters to buy it, I sent you a picture of it once I had acquired it. Oh, but I mean, the excitement though that day, like that was a very exciting after a day. high like that, one line of cocaine would kill us. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that and I mean, now look at us. Now we have shirts from her merch collection oh, on yes. the way. They're because get yes, on once uh, oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Once I got her cookbook, uh, Delaney was not that far behind me. Oh, not it was a even real, not even a peer pressure situation. It was just a self pressure situation. Oh, I was like, I can't, I can't be left behind. Every recipe looks incredible. Every recipe looks so good. And here we are. So what is it about her recipes that you like um, yourself? I mean, I have yet, first of all, nothing has been a miss for me as of yet. Like when I, her. when I like uh, looked through the cookbook the first time, I was like, mm-hmm. these are all approachable. Yes, very approachable, I will say that. Which is a big one for me. It's not like, because I love to cook yep. and I'm always game to try something Wait, you new. Like to cook? But I know, can you believe? Do you like I mean, to cook? also like to cook holy shit holy f- we should start a podcast oh <laughs> <laughs> kirk <laughs> are you your father yeah kirkle um so approachable flavorful very flavorful doesn't shy away from the good stuff doesn't shy away from butter doesn't shy away from salt 
I mean, those are the two most key things for us as well. I mean, pretty much. Pretty much, She yeah. just, she just, I don't know, like. She makes cooking seem very fun yeah. and very approachable. And she makes you feel like you're a really good cook. Yeah. Without being She's a good cook. She's very encouraging. Even in the, uh, the, the cookbook itself. Yeah, a she lot gives of the you QR codes. Very, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for like, hey, are you stupid and don't know how to properly dice an onion, which was me. Yeah, oh, me also. And she's like, here you go. And I was like, thank you, thank Molly. You. Um, which was great. Mm-hmm. And then what else? I mean, I also, she just gives me such cool girl vibes. She really does. Her I dog's know. name is Tuna. Tuna. For crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah. She just gives me such, and I don't know. All of her abbreviations, which I know some people don't like, but I love. Hopefully they like them when it comes to this podcast. Because otherwise they're fucked. Um, or she maybe just... they just stopped listening after the 12th chi on the first episode. <laughs> that was the like, trial by fire for everybody. Oh, if you boy, don't like yeah. the chi, get out of the kitch. Get out of that kitch. Can't stand the heat. Get out of the kitch. Um, I just, she, she gives me like... Your cool girlfriend energy. Mm-hmm. That's just, you know, I feel like everyone needs that. How's that uh, oven? Hot. Oh, um, not quite yet. The, the butter is still melting. Love but, it. But uh, all of our aromatics have been prepped, yes. They have been. Well, and maybe uh, we'll, uh, while we're waiting for it to melt, we can talk about um, our other topic. I know, because otherwise we're going to go on about Molly for a we very could, long time. We genuinely could just talk about her for like an entire hour without stopping, because there's, like, the merch alone is just... Oh. Yeah. We're going to have to address that in the next next week ep- episode when we have our and shirts. Surely when we have our matching shirts. It will be on the gram. It'll be on the gram. We won't tell you guys what the shirts look like. It'll be a fun little surprise. Oh, a little treat for you, though. Yeah, a real treat. Ooh, a little treat. Oh. And side note, if you don't already follow us on Instagram, yes, follow us at Already Salty Podcast. That was so rhythmic. I don't know I why really I did that. <laughs> I'm just too jazzed up. There's Molly talk happening. I'm excited about our topic for today. I'm I'm excited for both the food and the topic. I famously love pasta. Famously. I gotta stop saying that. We need a famously counter now. Oh no! <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. I promise I'm gonna stop saying that. So I don't much. believe you. No. Famously, you won't stop saying it. Anyway, well, likely not. Um, likely not. So yeah. So the uh, orzo al limon, very, uh, very like acidic, very mm. cheesy, and orzo is so tasty. It's like teeny little pasta. Right. So. Yeah. My partner's grandmother makes a soup that she calls bird tongue soup. Yes. And I think there's probably a proper Arabic name for it, but mm-hmm. she translated it to English as bird tongue soup. Okay. Because orzo looks like little bird tongues. Is that? Oh! Yeah. And that's, okay. So that's like the, the pasta in the soup is, is orzo. Okay. At first when she was like, Curtis was like, you want bird tongue soup? I was like, mm, um, I don't know if I do. That seems like that's a lot of birds. I'm going to have to think about that one for a minute. It's a lot of birds. That was my dumb dumb brain i mean it's very delicious though i'm glad you explained it for me and the listeners because i definitely also was my first thought. how many birds how, how many birds many birds had to die for this soup? soup no no birds it's orzo noodles anyways um and yeah i'm also a big fan of the use of lemon molly goes ham on a lemon like, lemon is like just... our girl allison roman oh yeah allison roman also very big fan of lemon yeah did you see me resist the urge to say famously? <laughs> Did you see the like the cloud pass over my face as I was like, don't do it. I saw it. you briefly be possessed. Don't do it. Fight it. Fight the urge. Famously. I mean, speaking of possession. <gasps> Great segue. Uh, thank you so much for noticing. Oh my god. That was an excellent segue. I was like, how the fuck are we going to get back on topic? <laughs> Our topic. Yes. A book. Interestingly. Oh. 
Famously, we've mostly covered movies. Well, I mean, we did talk about books a bit last week. I mean, yeah, Lord of the Rings. Famously known for being books. Also, books first, Chronicles of Narnia books first. We also talked about Matilda. Oh, we did, yeah. Yeah, probably went on a little Roald Dahl sojourn. A brief sojourn, but it was there. Yeah. Yeah. Dark Times. But the book we're discussing today, yeah, Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. Which was a book that you also brought to me. I sense a theme here for us. It's um, gifts we're from talking Delaney. about <laughs> gifts from Delaney, treats from Delaney. Oh, that's like the little spin-off podcast. Yeah. When we set up a Patreon, we'll have yeah. like a two week, a bi-weekly gifts from Delaney. Oh, will you record oh. <laughs> No. <laughs> um, no. This book... So I'd been, I'd seen it recommended all over the place, and mm-hmm. we wanted to start our slow creep into spooky territory because Halloween is just around the corner. It is, and we are, uh, well, I mean, we kind of got into this last week being big autumnal fans. Oh, oh um, yes. Delaney and I love the fall, and uh, we both do love, like, really spooky I mean, we stuff. are we are white girls, after all. I mean, we really are, and we're living up to that reputation. We have, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost knee-high boot season, baby. Oh, God. I don't think either of us have knee high boots. No, but that's all right. But if you do, spiritually we're spiritually we're wearing knee high boots. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, So this book, uh, remind me when you started reading it because I know you only told me about it when you were just about to finish or you had just finished reading it. Yeah, I borrowed it soon after. Because I, so in the summer we went to PEI, and I bought it just before we left, and I finished it in like three days. I also I just devoured powered it. the hell yeah. through it. It was so, and I think I texted you maybe like three quarters away through being like, you need mm-hmm. to read this mm-hmm. book. I mean, the visual of the cover alone. I just oh. need to preface this yes, for please. anybody who wants to. I mean, obviously, all of you will want to go out and buy it when we're done talking about it. But it, indoors, indoors, man, influence. Um, <laughs> but the cover of the book is all black, and then it's mm. got peaches. Oh yeah, a running theme for us here: peaches. Yep, Timothy Chalamet famously fucked a peach and uh, called me by your name. Our Is peach jam. Oh, um, <laughs> <our> cheese. <laughs> Either way. I'm sorry, I thought that's, well, that's okay. I wondered which of those two you were going to pick well, up on first. Well, you kind of had to know which one I was going to go. I knew where I was going with that you one. Did. You did. You lured me right in and you know I, what it works. Sucker gin. But the trap uh, was laid. Yep, so there are peaches with um, bite marks taken out of them. but Yeah, vampire bite holes. Bite holes. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. <laughs> Fang bite holes. Okay. But it, it, you are right. Yeah. On the cover, there are peaches <laughs> with fang marks in them. Yeah. Just so you know right off the bat that it's going to be a vampire story. It is a vampire story. But also it's a vampire (laughs) (laughs) So, holy shit. Okay. So, I mean, we'll just preface this by saying that if you're interested in reading this book at any point in time and you don't want spoilers, this is where to stop. Yeah, click away now. Now that we've yeah. calmed down. Yeah, now that we've come back down <gasps> from all that laughing. <laughs> yeah. If you don't want spoilers for the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. Yep. Exit. Right to now. your left. To your left? I was just picturing us on a plane. Okay, yeah. 
To your left. But I guess to your left. I guess there's exits on both sides of the plane. So take whatever exit is convenient to you from this plane, mm -hmm. and go read the book, and then you can come back. Yep. <clears throat> or so, don't, and stay around. Whatever. Do you want to give us a brief little plot synopsis? Well, so it's it's a mix of southern mm, charm. Yeah, southern, southern charm, southern, southern imagery. Yeah, like so that. it takes place. It's in South Carolina, mm -hmm. and um, I can never remember. Cause yeah, Charleston is in South Carolina, right? Yes, because that's the city they're in. Is Charleston? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> in the nineties, well, late eighties through the nineties. Yeah, the, the one thing I will say, just as a quick sidebar, um, the only other book I've encountered recently that does this, where it's a book that's been written, like, now. Like, it was a, written contem contemporarily, is that a word? Yeah, yeah. Um, but takes place in the 90s specifically, which mm -hmm. I think we've distanced ourselves enough from it at this point that, like, it is kind of nostalgic. The olden days. Um, <clears throat> but uh, Little Fires Everywhere... Oh, also, yeah. I started uh, reading that. Written written in 2017, but takes place in 1991. It's weird that books are now being written about the 90s. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Old. Oh, yeah. Very old. Yeah, very old. <laughs> um, but I do like it just because, again, like we were very, very young in the 90s, but with it enough to kind of have like memories of what that time was like. So it feels familiar, yeah. but still a little distant to us. Well, I, I was like a proper, was like I was, I don't know pre-teen pre yes you were. as a in the 90s and so I have a lot of recollections of childhood of the 90s right yeah. but this is all taken from the adult perspective of the 90s so yes. everybody in the book for the most part is grown-ups the main <laughs> character Patricia Patricia so it's all let's just say it's all based around the idea of like southern gentility mm -hmm. and um a lot of kind social of a, rules. Yeah, a lot of and a lot of like social I don't know, housewifery. So it's a lot yeah, of housewives. You know, that's a big That is like the main character. The main section. group is yeah. the housewives. The book club. The book club. Mm -hmm. As you know, the title might give away. Also, if you don't want spoilers to know that there's a book club <laughs> involved. in there. There's also book club in the title, which might give oh, it away. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so it's all oh, boy. Without like getting into the nitty gritty of it, of the role the book club p plays beyond it being like a setting and the way that these people come together, it just it focuses so much on what the social expectation for these women was were then. these yeah. women were in the late eighties, early nineties. Yes, and that actually becomes just a huge theme in the book. Oh, it's the way incredibly these frustrating. Oh my There's god! There's sections right? of the book that are very <clears throat> like they make my chest tight to read them. Right? Because you're just mad. You're mad you're just reading. Very it. mad. So it's so let's backtrack. So Patricia, the main character, joins a book club. Um, a few of the characters in the book club, they kind of range from Patricia, where she sort of feels like her her life's in a bit of a rut. She's married to a doctor. She has two children, one who's like 15 or 16 and the other who's a uh, bit younger. Who's a bit younger. And they're very well to do. Everything's sort of everything's very peaceful yeah, and laid stagnant out and very stagnant. Yeah. And so when she joins this book club, all of the other women are more or less in the same boat. A yeah. couple of them are oddballs, which more she eccentric. sort of addresses, but she Co likes them. <clears throat> yeah, she really likes them. A couple of them are a little bit more 
stiff upper lip, kind of buttoned up. Very proper. Very proper. Very exactly what you would imagine, like, uh, yes. kind of an old-fashioned southern lady to be like, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't like the fuss and the muss, uncomfortable with any kind of ripple in the plan or mm -hmm. any kind of bump in the road. But it's fun, even in the early stages of that book club coming mm -hmm. together, because the like the main topic that brings them together within the story is that they're all obsessed with true crime yeah. which is considered by other women in their community to be kind of unsavory or unladylike to have a fixation on for example charles manson or um oh, there's ted a... bundy i yeah. think are the two they do talk about ted bundy, yeah. um also the i don't know if you guys can hear but the butter is oh we ready, for, ready some, for some ready onion. for some onion yep here it comes Oh, that sounds real good. Oh, it smells so good already. Delish. Sizzle. Um, <clears throat> but the, because uh, I think it's Patricia actually in the book, who is the first one that kind of bucks the notion that they need to read, a, you know, very well accepted American literature, the great American novel. Yes. And yes. they get into true crime. And they all kind of end up going down this rabbit hole of devouring these gruesome biographies and... Oh, The Stranger Beside Me by Anne Rule. Like, yeah. That is one thing I will say, um, even though this is a... This novel's a work of fiction, obviously. It's the vampires. Um, <laughs> up but, for debate. Up for debate. Um, work of fiction, but the uh, a lot of the like news bulletins in the book, like they draw <clears throat> from real life things that would have been happening in yeah. the States in yeah. that time. And so all of the books that the book club reads, the fictional book club reads are real books. So, which is, it's Stranger kind of Beside fun. Me does... by Anne Rule, Helter Skelter. Helter like, Skelter. Yeah. I read Helter Skelter actually back, back in the day. Um, <clears throat> by the way, just to address the recipe, we are oh, doing, yes. we're co we've added the onions. We're going to let they're them cook until, uh, they, until they're softened, but not yet browned. But not yet browned. And then we're going to add in the orzo. So, yeah, so Patricia kind of gets them on this track of true crime. Yes. And all of the other women just begin devouring it. There's a few that do put up a little bit of a fuss at first. Mm -hmm. But when they, they kind of realize around. that, you know, they've kind of, they've kind of tapped into this larger world where exciting stuff is happening. Yes. You know, and really gross stuff and, and sad really stuff, stuff and, you know, horrifying stuff. <clears throat> they've sort of tapped into this, okay, like life is bigger than our as, town. Yeah, and as Patricia says, it's bigger than just, you know, where she's getting bored of taking the kids to soccer practice and, and cleaning the house yeah, and, and she, making the food. And she is very busy doing that, which I think is part of what annoys her, mm -hmm. is that her life is so jam-packed with all of these activities of raising her children. Mundane activities, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> she's sense, craving a bit more. You sense that she's incredibly restless at the beginning yeah. of the book. And so they dive into this complete opposite basically where and even patricia says you know just once i want something exciting to happen and little does she know careful what you wish for careful what you wish for because who comes into town well actually so the part this is and here's the book takes a fucking turn so fast because yeah you're right like the first not even quarter but the first like sixth of the book is very uh as i say like mundane like you get a sense it's a sleepy little town and it's beautiful the way that um <clears throat> grady hendrix describes the book yes grady hendrix the uh, the author of the book uh, they and do describe the neighborhood job. and uh then yeah you're right just kind of 
out of absolutely fucking nowhere, the uh, the tone of the book shifts aggressively to horror. To horror. Yeah, and like and big time slight horror. Slight gore. I would oh say. yeah, maybe like, slight's not the right word. Well, that first scene. So when Patricia gets the pearl earrings from her husband, mm-hmm. and you know she goes to show all the ladies. Yes, the ladies. Um, and then she goes home and. The, the one of her neighbors, an elderly woman, Miss Savage. I don't know why, but I always have an instinct to call them the neighbor lady. The neighbor lady. That seems like a, like a really old-fashioned thing to say. Neighbor lady. It's a neighbor lady. Well, the neighbor lady is, like, elbow deep in her trash. And you have oh. to picture it right. This part is gross. So I will warn anyone who's not into gore, this part is pretty gross. Yeah. Um, Disclaimer now, we probably will be describing some things that are... Well, definitely unsavory. Yeah, to more unsavory than, you know, the vampire bite holes that we discussed earlier. <laughs> yep. Um, so this, and she's senior, kind of, the way she's described is she's very sort of um, crypt keeper-y. Yeah, looking. like decrepit. A little decrepit, a little Older scary woman. looking. Yeah. A little skeletal. Yep. Um, so she's in, digging around in Patricia's trash. Yep. Patricia naturally goes over to investigate, and what is Miss Savage doing but eating a raccoon? Like ripping into, into the a innards of yeah. a raccoon. And the way he describes it is visceral. It's visceral. It is disgusting. I personally was not ready for that. <laughs> nope. Um, like when we tell you it comes out of nowhere, it comes out of nowhere. It just like grabs you by the face and like kind of smacks you into a wall. Like it just. It really did. Yeah. Like I, I remember sitting there being like, oh, oh my god, like oh, what the oh, fuck? Wow. Because it just, it just happens, which is nice because you kind of get that same sense of surprise that Patricia has of yes. being like, oh, what, what is, ha- what is happening right now? Like, what and then is happening? she herself is attacked by the neighbor lady, which yep. is also a chest tightening and so surprising. of the book to read through. So surprising. Yep. And uh, yeah, so she's attacked by the old lady and mm-hmm. she bites her ear off. Bites yeah. Patricia's ear off, pearl earring and all. Yep. Um, the husband comes home. Chaos ensues, goes to the hospital. The old lady dies of yep. a strange blood-borne pathogen, they say. So or they blood say. disease. She mm-hmm. dies, like, what, a week later or something? Not yep. very long. How's the onions? The onions are, I think, just about ready. They're starting to look pretty soft. Mm-hmm. you want to come see? Oh, I do want to come see. Ooh. Ooh. Soft. Um, and so that's where it all begins. Yes. This is, yeah, this is the beginning of the... Uh, slow climb chaos. to the climax of this book and it goes so fast after that like things but it also but it also doesn't like it it the, doesn't it doesn't it the way that the story is crafted is wonderful because there are peaks and valleys all over the place so you it keeps don't, you hanging on yeah you don't get like the most traditional story arc in Which that is way kinda nice. i do like that especially because the story spans years mm-hmm. and there's all of a sudden a big time leap later on where you're yeah. like oh what the fuck but so after she gets her ear bitten off and everybody's like, okay. Something was wrong something's with Miss Savage. Yeah, something's wrong with this lady. Yeah, Mrs. Savage. Yeah. She goes to her house where she knows her nephew, this sort of mysterious stranger. The uh, the neighbor lady's nephew. The neighbor lady's nephew who ate the raccoon. Yeah. Uh, is staying. She goes in. And he's an out-of-towner. He's an So out-of-towner. we're already kind of sus. Yeah, well, like, very what's sus. What's going on with him? Because the way this neighborhood works is like a very close-knit community everybody yeah. knows everybody yep. very wealthy strangers kind of you know greeted with the warmth Polite. you would expect but yeah. not the same undercurrent of like a sincere welcome mm-hmm. yeah i'm gonna add the orzo noodles you ready yes absolutely all right bring them over ready Ooh. Mm. 
Orzo. Orzo. Okay, and then we're gonna add some lemon zest. And black pepper and as black well, pep. if you've got it. Oh, I, I, I've always got that fucking got, thing on you me. You know I got that thing on me. I dropped a piece of lemon. Oh, too old to bend over now. You good? Okay. So yeah, so Patricia goes over to uh, meet this new character who, yes, is the um, the nephew of the recently deceased neighbor lady who has, <laughs> atta- who has attacked our protagonist. Yes, viciously. And uh, our, I mean, if you can imagine... The stranger in town, he's very weird. You, you get a weird vibe off of him, and well, he seems when she, very otherworldly, and something's wrong with him. Because when she first meets him, she thinks he's dead. She thinks he's dead. He's lying in a bed, pale as dead as fuck. Like, yeah. That's exactly what That's they the said. That's the medical no, diagnosis. <laughs> dead as fuck. Yeah. Um, ooh, black pepper. Black peps. Black peps. Oh, delish. So she tries to give him CPR, and then he wakes up. Much to her Surprise. horror and horror, because now all she's thinking is, "Oh my God, all the neighbors are going to know that I was giving mouth to mouth to this strange man." So she flees the house. Remember the nineties, right? <laughs> People. And now all we do is give mouth to mouth to strangers. And now all we do is give mouth to mouth to strangers. Um, well, at least pre-COVID we did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we didn't, but that's okay. No. <laughs> um, so she she runs out of the house and sees the cleaning lady go in. Yeah. And that's kind of the first encounter with who we later come to know as James Harris. The vampire. <gasps> Spoiler alert! Well, I, we already gave a disclaimer, so like... We did already give At this point, so we might as well just dive in. you're upset. We're sorry you feel that way, but... I want you guys fault. to know that her glasses are at the oh. very tip of her nose, and she's looking down. <laughs> if you're upset, that's too bad. It's your own fault. It is your own it's fault. It's a grave of your own making. Mm-hmm. Um... So yeah, that's when we first meet James Harris. And when she sees him for the second time, he's healthy, looking very healthy, glowy, not handsome, fuck. not dead as fuck, oh. opposite, alive as hell. Alive as hell. And she starts to become very charmed by him. Mm. Like they develop quite a quite a rapport, quite a, a camaraderie. He will. bonds with her son, yep. who she's having trouble with because he's a preteen and just sort of hates everything. And also obsessed with Nazis. Okay, that that's was like a, a weird... But I mean, I feel like everyone goes through a weird phase where, like, they're either obsessed with ancient Egypt or the Second World War. Or all of them. I mean, you and I were we went obsessed through. with all of those things. <laughs> but he, like, really but the thing doubles with him down is on that the Nazis specifically. It's not, he's interested in the Holocaust. Like, it's a character trait of his. He's obsessed with, like, Klaus Barbie and, like, all of those yeah. fucked up it's people. It's really into Himmler. Yeah. All, it, oh, yeah. Anyways, mm-hmm. that's, like, a weird thing where I'm like, I don't, if this kid dies, I'm not going to be that sad. Nope. <laughs> weird but so he like he really integrates himself into their lives yes james harris he um starts coming by for dinner a lot a lot in the early part of the book he uh gets to a point where then um patricia decides that she wants to include him in her like little true crime book club and at this point like the women in her book club like they're i don't even think it's that it's because he's weird. I think it's just because he's like male energy. Like mm-hmm. they just don't want like a man. Well, and in it's, their book club, they've they've kind of created a, a space where, for the most part, it's very safe. For it's them. very safe for them. I mean, there still is a lot of kind of catty behavior between some of the women, but it's a safer environment than what they're used to. Absolutely. Which is, you know, mm-hmm. not saying much for the nineties. No. I'm gonna add some water. Some water. Three cups. Okay. Ooh. 
Get that. Sizzle. <laughs> and then we're going to add salt too. Yes. All right, here we go. Third cup coming in hot. Oh, yeah. And uh, buckle the hell up. Uh, pinch your salt. Pinch oh, your that three finger. Kosher salt. Yep. So then we just stir there it until the water is absorbed. What's that? We just stir it until the water is absorbed, mostly. Perfect. I will follow your lead, my liege, as oh. you have made this recipe before and I have not. Go off, my lord. Do you have a grater? A grater? I yeah. surely do. It is in the drying rack. Oh, it's right there. I was using it earlier today to grate carrots. Ooh, love that for you. Anyways, you were saying? Oh, yeah. So anyway, um, it's around this point in the book where uh, Patricia has kind of let her guard down around James. He's very much being folded into the community. Well, the he starts up, like yeah, him. the husbands are involved. He starts up like a business deal yep. with Patricia's husband and a bunch of the other husbands. And at this point, like a couple of incidents have occurred between him and Patricia that it would give you a bit of pause, like as a normal person, where he, <laughs> as he a has normal a person. duffel bag just filled with hundreds of thousands of dollars, but he doesn't have a bank account. Like stuff yeah, like that. So she, he kind of ropes her into. He's very manipulative. I'm grating Parmesan, by the way, if you're wondering what that noise in the background is. I love it. Uh, it shouldn't be too aggressive. One of but... my favorite sounds. The grating of Parmesan. The grating of Parmesan. <laughs> yep. Um, he sort of ropes her into, pretty early on in their friendship, keeping secrets for him. So yes. this this money that he has, he doesn't have a bank account, but he needs her help getting one. Yeah. So he kind of puts her in right away a position where he's got something on her. Yep. Where you don't love it. No, because right away you're like, uh-oh, red flag. Uh-oh. Uh -oh, right? Um... So, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And then it comes to her attention by way of her um, mother-in-law's caretaker or care service worker. Yeah, Mrs. Green. Mrs. Green. That which her character and a few other characters also bring in the really interesting layer of what life is like between the white community and the black community in, the in Charleston and in the yeah. South overall. Yeah. But that but does come up a lot later That does come up. It's... Something that I didn't notice, like I didn't feel that they were addressing right away in the book, but I am really glad that it became. A it bit does more get addressed later, theme. yeah. Just because it, you can't read content like Southern American content from that from any time really, and not have the wonder of like, well, are they going to talk about race dynamics? Because <laughs> the giant, huge, they're always there. there. Yep. So <laughs> they sure are. They sure are. Uh, but yeah, um, and so Mrs. Green is her like, mother-in-law's uh, care worker. Yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, Mrs. Green makes the comment that a lot of children in the black neighborhood have started going missing, and uh, you that know, no one's interested. Can't in Can't believe this is such a stretch from real life, but nobody is interested in the fact that these children are going missing and they're becoming very sick of a mysterious blood pathogen. Right? There's some illness. They're going missing, and then when they come back, they're, they're sick. Sick. They're and very so sick. She thinks someone is maybe giving them drugs. Drugs Patri come up a was lot. Was that Patricia or Mrs. Green that thought that was giving them drugs? Um, I don't know if Mrs. Green specifically says anything Patricia about drugs, but Patricia it's assumes drugs. it's drugs. Yeah, because and, uh, also as a mother, it's the 90s. So I will say, though, this is what made me like her character a lot or endeared me to her a lot. Patricia? That, yeah, Patricia. She, uh, Her like maternal instinct is just so strong that like you know, any race or class divide that's going on that maybe some of the other characters would be more disdainful of that type of thing. Like, she's just 
interested in helping like she's just very worried about these children right off the bat and wants to help and i think she's very concerned that i think part of it too is that it you know she's been living this um or like this half fantasy that she's going to get to live out some kind of true crime oh, yeah. and so i think part of that draws her to it as well that well, she's yes, like absolutely. something exciting something exciting is happening something right so yeah. it's like you know it is it is certainly partially a, a maternal instinct but i think a lot of it is she's like this is my moment yes i'm gonna get to kind of solve something yes so one thing leads to another and it is essentially revealed to her that james harris is doing something with these children we don't know what it is right away but she essentially stumbles upon an incident between him and one of the children where i mean we're kind of getting the impression that he is vampiric in sort of some sort of like a succubus of some kind like he's something weird sucking something like like a life force or he is doing something to these kids that's making them really ill Mm -hmm. and but also leaving them addicted for more yeah which is part of the creepy creepy part yeah is that they they want more which is like feels gross to say yeah now i'm wondering this might be a good place to to ask you about this Mm. um just because at least for myself when i was reading this book after you like spoke so highly of it i Mm -hmm. was so excited to get into it um i love vampire based content i love (laughs) books about vampires i've seen a lot i love vampires vampires um I'm a big fan of True Blood, uh, all like all that type of stuff. I mean, you, you know and how I, I feel about interview. With well, you and I have bonded over interview with a vampire many times, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's not just because we frequently shift between a Lestat and a Louis vibe. Yeah, <laughs> but sometimes we also switch between a Louis and Armand vibe, which I love for us. Mm-hmm. Ooh, meow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so when I got into the book, I mean, that's obviously why I was starting to pick up on little, like, plot devices here and there Mm. to put the pieces together very quickly. Like, that's who he was in the story. But, oh, sorry. But because, uh, because I've seen so many vampire stories and read so many vampire stories, I feel that it's been really done at this point. And so I didn't have super high expectations for, um, an original vampire tale. I felt Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I felt very much the same. I was like, okay, well, is this going to be like, you know, the sort of the very handsome, very charming, you know, kind can't of... Can't go out in the sunlight, but yeah. you don't care because he's like sexy and interesting. And so you kind of push all of these things aside. But at first you do think it's going to be like that, but mm-hmm. then it it changes to it something different. very quickly. Which I thought was really interesting. I mean, what I kind of wasn't... Maybe I just... I'm not super well versed in... Uh, vampire lore of all varieties more of the garden variety vampire garden variety vampire. Uh, and this guy is decidedly not a garden variety vampire no no because when we first when we first see anything very like explicitly supernatural from him mm-hmm. um aside from him appearing very dead the first time we meet him yeah um aside from that aside from that we see i don't know what would you call it he's a his what does she call it? It's not like an apparatus. She calls it something An else. appendage. An appendage, yeah. His tongue also morphs into something. Or it's like it comes prickly from... Prickly and black. Yeah, it's like comes from like the back of his throat like a bug. Yeah. Which is what I thought of. I was like, that's like yeah. a that's a bug thing. That's And once again, just... Like a mosquito's straw. Highlighting how well Grady Hendrix does at like just painting a 
gross-ass picture for it's you. It's a gross-ass picture. Because yeah. the way he describes it, it's almost like a... Yeah, it's like, imagine like a big bug leg that's kind of spiky and black. Yeah. But it's like a mosquito, sort of. Anyways, and it's it comes from inside of his mouth, and he uses it to suck, suck blood. blood. So, oh, yeah. like, the inner thighs of these people. When I when that was introduced as the concept of how he was going to be, like, sucking blood from people, I was like, oh, okay, so she isn't just going to walk in on him, you know, like, Sexily, one on somebody's yeah. neck, yeah. as we're so used to seeing in, Which like, you can kind of get culture. away with that, like, almost sexy version of that, you yeah. know? This is not this sexy. This is not sexy whatsoever. It is very gross and scary. Yep. And I, I was like, okay, all right, this is... Things this are not real true now. blood. This I will not tell you that. <laughs> this ain't Twilight. It's a, oh, well, we can we can touch on that in a minute because I think it, we can't really have a conversation about vampires in modern culture without getting into the big yeah. one. This is true. Yeah. Um, but for the as far as the book goes, um, I think I would very much like to talk to you about the feminism themes in the book or the development of these people. The development of. Uh, how seriously our main character is taken Oh, by... which is to say not at all. No, which is to say not at all. Yeah. Um, there is a point in the middle of the book where, you know, Patricia, she's kind of figured out everything that's going on with yeah. James Harris. She knows that, some, like, he's fucking weird. He's not human. And he started to fuck around with her daughter. And he started messing around with her daughter. So she's going into, like, protection mode. And you've been set up to believe because she has this close-knit connection with her book club that she would be able to go with go to them with just about anything mm -hmm. and that you know you're expecting that they're going to take her maybe somewhat seriously or they might at least pretend to for a little bit yeah they do not nope not even a little there's a an intervention style sit down that occurs between herself the other members of her book club their husbands her husband and James Harris the gross-ass vampire. Yup. They and literally come they, in and sit down. Because she's, Patricia at this point is a full, she's fully fledged. She wants fledged. to call the police. Oh yeah, she's <laughs> having a full-fledged, like, yeah. this is what's going on. Everyone needs to listen to me. Yeah. This guy is hurting our children. He's, he's going to hurt more children. Yeah, he's been hurting black children for a long time and the cops aren't doing anything. Yep. So, at this point, oh my god, you know what we didn't even talk about? What? The real, one of the other first supernatural... Oh, the a rat. moment. The rats. Oh, the rats. So we'll just go back. Mrs. Green, who is taking care of Patricia's, Patricia's mother-in-law. Mother who, in the book, um, is suffering from Alzheimer's. So yeah. you automatically just, just painted as an unreliable narrator. Very unreliable narrator. But when she first sees James Harris, she starts calling him Hoyt. She says, I know it's you, Hoyt. Like starts freaking out and everyone's like, like you okay, screwed over my father like back yeah. in the 20s and I know it's you I'm gonna find a picture like da 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 and everyone's kind of like okay grandma go yeah, back to sure. bed like she's having a like a dementia episode yeah like, it or doesn't something mean anything. yeah and then one night um <laughs> all of these fucking rats like when we say all of these rats we mean in the book it's described as hundreds, hundreds of, of rats, rats are in, like, go into her room as if under control by someone yep. or something. They're moving, they're moving with a singular intent. Like, it's Which not just, just like scrambled chaos devour this woman. Mrs. Yeah. Green is in there, tries to fight the rats. The rats. She gets grievously injure, injured, pardon me, and the old lady dies. Like, the rats literally tear this old woman to shreds. Like, it's, it's disgusting. It is. Uh, 
That one really, that one really threw me off as well. That was really gross. The dog survives. The dog survives somehow, which is good. So if you're one of those people that doesn't like it when animals die. If you're one of those people that checks that website, does the dog die in the movie? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Um, But yeah, so anyways, so back to jumping forward to where Patricia is trying to get everyone's attention. She's at like full DEFCON 1 with this. And then they have this sit down, which I personally think you could take like any paragraph from that section of the book and put that as the definition of being gaslit because oh my god yeah it is it was crazy how they essentially read. turn all of the information that you as the reader have been collecting alongside Patricia because again she's the protagonist so we've yep. been with her the whole time and they just turn it around in such a sick way where she then starts to doubt herself mm-hmm. and like everyone thinks she's fucking crazy yeah, everybody does think she's crazy. Um, and so, fuck. So, the book club gathers, Patricia is there, and then all of their husbands come in. Mm-hmm. Patricia's included. And they're like, Patricia, you need to stop saying these things. Like, you're, you know, you're you're being crazy. You know, you're not thinking clearly. All of this stuff. Blah, blah, blah. And then who do the husbands bring in but fucking James Harris? Like, I would The man be, of the hour. I would punch my husband in the throat if they ever did something like that like just where if you were very clearly like made uncomfortable or physically uneasy and by by someone someone, else like don't bring them to me yeah and then you would think your partner would automatically be like okay yeah like we're gonna fix this together but no he james harris and these men have gotten so tight in their little boys club of investment and other bullshit Mm -hmm. they bring him to the book club and say we want you to apologize to James Harris. Like they say to Patricia, like you. Kn- oh well, they say to the, all the wives. Like yeah, you as they need to apologize, children. Yeah, for spreading like libel mm-hmm. about this this about man who's this done so much pillar good for of us. the community. Where we're yeah, that before oh, every fucking serial killer ever podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So they demand he they apologize to James Harris. And, like, you know, explain... Promise that they're going to drop it, essentially. Pretty much. Yeah. Because they wanted to get the police involved and all of these things. Anyways. Um, and then there's a big break. Yeah, there's a, there's a big a time, break of... A time, th- what is it, three years? Three years, yeah. In, in the plot, in the timeline of the plot. Mm-hmm. And it just jumps from that to... Three years three of years her later. basically keeping her mouth shut. Like, all of the book club, just kind of letting things happen, and... Well, and very much the... I mean, where, the, like, a lot of the characters keep saying, like, oh, you've you've gotten so much better, Patricia. Like, she's... You're doing so much you're better. You're doing so much better, all of this stuff. Wait, at what point do they break into his house? Is that before like, the break or after the break? Oh, it's after the break. Okay. Wait, yeah. I just wanted to make sure we didn't... No, oh, Not, good, like, the good. last break-in, but when her and Kitty break in. When they find... The attic. Oh, that's near the end. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. I just wanted yeah. to make sure we didn't skip it because it's, nope. it's been a m- month or two since I read the book. She, uh, Patricia at this point, yes, like she's just kind of like being very docile. She's playing everyone's game. Yeah. She's not being provocative or contrarian she's in any kind nice of way. She's playing with James Harris she's who is still nice with James Harris. very involved in their lives. Yeah, like he's at their house all the time. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking frustrating to it's read. It's so frustrating. And, um, but she still doesn't trust him at all she doesn't trust him at all 
um, you know, because the mother-in-law was killed by the rats, you know, Mrs. Green, the service worker, is no longer, like, around her anymore. But we do find out that children from the black community have been disappearing at such a rate that Mrs. Green has sent her own children, like, away yeah, which to is live. Really sad. Which is very sad. So then, um, finally, they, like, she does manage to convince another one of the book club members that, like, it... Something is really happening, not right. And it's still going on. And, yeah. But now it's starting to affect, like, her own children. Like, yes. something weird's going on with her daughter and her son. And anyhow, it's... Like, all the steps that lead up to them eventually, like... Well, not exposing him, because they don't ever do. But, like, them kind of ending him. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so, so much that leads up to that. Like, we would be here for four hours if we were to talk about all of it. But gonna add some butter to this oh, now. Yes, those noodles are looking al dente. Oh, the orzo is looking so good, you guys. It smells amazing. No, we're stirring okay, it. you guys. Up. Looking so good. Looking um, so good, you guys. I wish that we could show you guys what it looks like. But this <laughs> JK, is we'll take a picture. Not a visual medium. <laughs> As we say every episode. Every episode. Not a visual medium. But, uh, yeah, suffice to say that the way the book ends is very interesting it is satisfying and also it's not and it's also not so she eventually convinces um one of the other book club members like ray said to join her and by basically giving her proof yeah they break into james harris's house when they know he's going to be out with the guys yep and they find the body of his old cleaning lady the one that i mentioned you see go into the this house very early at the on very, the very early on, but then she goes missing. Um, they find her in the attic, like, like stuffed in a suitcase, stuffed in a suitcase, like broken up, stuffed in a suitcase. This yep. poor woman. Um, and again, in like mentioning that this is a black woman, and pretty much outside of the black community, nobody has cared or noticed yeah. that she has gone missing. Nobody which, that bothered. No, which is a running theme theme in the book mm-hmm. and you know pretty indicative of geographically and well not just there everywhere just indicative of the current like law structure or like police well system just, that we have ongoing you know even now systemic racism yeah is pretty much it um so they find this body kitty's freaking out patricia is freaking out everyone's freaking out mm-hmm and then James Harris comes home unexpectedly. Oh the stress. The stress. The stress of this part of the, the book. The stress. And they were... Because at this point, like, you've been on the ride with Patricia where, like... I'm sprinkling you, in the Parmesan. Oh, just sprinkle too. that parm. Oh, I'm going to sprinkle the parm, baby. But uh, you've been on the journey with Patricia enough that you've been with her in her initial discovery that he's fucked up. You've <laughs> been with her as she's collecting evidence to prove that he's fucked up. You've been with her where she's been essentially told... Like a small child to give it up and let go of her fantasies. Yeah, where you as a reader know being... that, she's, that she is telling the truth. Yep. And so now that you're back in it again one more time where you're like, oh, maybe this time she's going to really be able to prove that he's awful. And then he comes back to the house. And then he comes back to the house. And she's hiding. Kitty makes a run for it, right? Yeah, the other book club member just scurries off. And yeah, because like, oh, Patricia's like, get out of here. Yeah, I'm like squ- he's dangerous. I'm squeezing in some lemon, by the way. Squeezing Fresh some lemon. Lemon. Oh, did Love I get a no, that's okay. pit? Don't oh, get this one out. Here we go. Um, yeah, we're almost done, and it smells... Oh, oh I'm so excited. Incredible. Mm-hmm. I think that might be a cat okay. hair for me. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Lewis hair. 
Oh yeah, there we go. Stir away. I shall. Um, so yeah, Kitty hightails it. Patricia is hiding, hoping. She's hiding with the body. She's hiding with the body. Yeah. <laughs> um, and despite all of their extensive true crime reading, nothing really prepares her for hiding in an attic from a vampire with a dead body. Yep. And then he, <laughs> this part scared me so bad. When he goes like, Patricia, I know you're here. Oh, he starts, he doesn't know physically where she is in the house, but, but he, he knows, knows she's, she's in there. the house. So he just starts talking to her in that classic, like you've seen Super it in a cocky. million movies, yep. like where the, the killer's like running around the house and he's like, I know, I know where you're, you're here. here. Like, I'm like, going to get you. you. Yeah. I hate it. It's very I scary. so much. <laughs> very scary. So he knows she's there. Um, she gets out. Yep. Some fucking somehow. I swear I just blacked out because I was so stressed. Yeah. Um, and then thankfully, like somebody else was there to see it, which was mm -hmm. Kitty. And they managed to convince the rest of the book club something that is something, going on. That, it, that it's real and something really is going on. Yeah. And if they don't stop, like it is going to start really affecting their lives in a big yeah. way. Yeah. It's going to, and I yeah. mean, it's already affecting Patricia's daughter. She's like, he's going to come for every, everybody else. Yep. And he he gets her too at one point. Patricia? Yeah. He does get her at he one does point. With his weird bug his weird sucker bug mouth. Tongue thing. Yeah. Ooh. And she that I mean, that's a whole other scene that I just However, um I will say that uh the uh when they do eventually incapacitate James Harris and, you know, like effectively stop him by dismembering him while he's still alive um, <laughs> it was very uh i really enjoyed the fact that it wasn't just patricia taking him down by herself yeah it was the other women all in the of the well. other women in the book club had very active roles in the planning and the execution of the, the plan. execution the execution of the execution yeah but <laughs> well, i mean he i quite liked that i liked that it wasn't a very singular story where the protagonist is kind of a lone wolf in this. Like, I, I feel that even though Grady Hendrix is not a female author, mm. I found that they did a really, really good job of giving you, like, a real-life sense of how women, for the most part, operate, or at least in my experience, like, being a woman with a lot of female friendships. Mm. Like, you're very group-driven. Like, you do stuff... It did end up being very group-driven, which yeah. was lacking in the in the beginning and middle parts of the book, where mm -hmm. the, you feel the sense of abandonment from the book club. Yes. Um, but they do end up kind of coming together around Patricia. And to support to her. To support in, her. Yeah. In, in getting rid in of the vampire. In killing the vampire. <laughs> but I, I just did want to say that, because yeah. I personally had that take where I was like, that is really nice, because... <laughs> they did it together. They did friends. it together. Oh, my God. Aww. Friends, friend activity. Um, and yeah, the way they end up, you know, dispatching this vampire is yeah. not through a stake of, through the heart or through chucking him in the ways. No, they, they straight up dismember him. And because he's undead, he's like talking to them the whole time. Yeah, and he's trying to like, he almost convinces one of them to stop. Like he's very, again, very stressful. It was very stressful. <laughs> but they, they chop him apart mm -hmm. in a bathtub. <laughs> like full on dismember it. Yep. Um, and put each individual piece of him in a separate bag. Yep. And then in put each of those bags into a crypt. Yes. Basically, like one of the one of the women's family plots. Yeah. Um, where his body is essentially still alive. Yes. Forever. But separate. But separate, and he can't like reconnect <laughs> to heal. Yeah. Which really kind of leaves you on a cliffhanger of like is one day because go, she goes back to list to at to the 
uh, mausoleum yeah. and can hear the bags moving around inside. Oh, I, I loved that and I hated it at the right? same because time. Because it leaves that detail you, was oh, so creepy. Yeah, because it leaves you with a like, okay, but one day will he get out of these, you know, plastic garbage bags yeah. and come back, which is really horrifying. Yes. And so gross and scary. Yeah. So I was satisfied by the ending, but also not because part of me wanted the big exposure of you wanted, I wanted like, the it to vindication be tied up nicely in a bow where well, like he's not coming back and everybody knows that she was telling the truth. Yeah, I end. wanted the vindication of the husbands mm-hmm. to be like, "Sorry, we were fucking idiots." And you don't get that. No, you don't. Which, you know, is probably part of the point in that and it's more that of a was real life the reality. Yeah, as far as reality with vampires goes. <laughs> <laughs> so that yes. part I was like, "Ah, it left me wanting you know, I wanted to see them punished. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But the the group effort at the end, just stellar. Uh, a for effort. A for effort. We love that. And uh, with that, I think our meal is complete. <gasps> Yay! Are you ready to uh, ready to, to dine? I am. Let me get some bowls out for oh. us. All right. Oh, I love those bowls. Uh, we've got these bowls. The white IKEA like low dish pasta bowl. Oh yeah, nothing better than that. You gotta love it. Gotta love a low dish. Yep. Spoon here for us. Mm-hmm. Just gonna... mm-hmm. And then um, the the final flourish on our lovely orzo alimon is a little drizzle of olive oil because got to, got to. It smells incredible, yeah. and it's not remotely blood-like, which is going to be great. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, which is which is great because we've been talking a lot about blood and guts. Yeah, and so this isn't really like that aside from the bird tongue resemblance. Which, you know, it is what it is. Mm. All right, there we go. All right, so, olive oil. Olive oil, madame. Thank you, garçon. And then uh, we'll have a very quick wine pairing. Ooh, yeah. Which we will be discussing uh, once we sit down and get into our first couple bites here. Heck yeah. Hang on, give me two seconds. We sat. We have sat. Um, and just before we get into our first bite, because the, the orzo's piping hot. She <laughs> is steaming. She's Right out of the Dutch oven, and she's hot. Ray Tilly. Uh, yes. Wine master. Uh-huh. Oh, On you. your way to sommelier, tell us about the wine, please. That yes. is in beautiful, one of the nicest shaped wine glasses I've ever seen. Uh, I don't want to be a dramatic. A goblet, if you will. It is, but like a, a delicate goblet. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so today's wine was selected. Uh, I knew I wanted to do a local pairing for us this week because... Oh, yeah. Not that we did I go would abroad expect last week. anybody to know this, but um, all of my formal wine education is in Nova Scotian wine specifically. So it has a near and dear place in my heart. We love it. And I decided to go with a wine from Lightfoot and Wolfville, which is one of the newer wineries in the valley. It's who beautiful. It's absolutely stunning. Stunning. And I was fortunate enough to do a work placement there when mm-hmm. I was in wine school and got to work by in the tasting bar. I became very familiar with a lot of their wines. So... Much to my surprise and excitement, when I went down to Bishop's today to pick our wine, mm-hmm. I saw that they were carrying one of Lightfoot and Wolfville's more small lot series wines. It is a single varietal Shoy Reba. Okay. The Shoy Reba is the name of the grape. It is a distant relation to Riesling, so it's a white German grape, very dry, um, but for some reason, every time I sip on it, it just makes me feel like I'm biting into a pink grapefruit, like Ooh, every time. What a descriptor, I like that. Yes, so with a slightly more um, 
acidic dish like our orzo alimon. So the orzo alimon, the main flavors coming out of this are, uh, or sorry, not flavors, but the main components would be the acidity, the saltiness, and the umami from the Parmesan cheese. Mm -hmm. um, when we have a more distinctly flavored wine like this, it's going to be able to compete with all of those flavors. Right. And I think it's just going to uh, be made more flavorful by all the salt. Exciting. It's a beautiful color. It's like a it's very, really very pale, pale very gold. pale gold. Okay, so right, what ready? are we, hang on, what are we smelling here before we cheers? Um, now with whites, they definitely uh, can sometimes have a slightly more subtle nose on them than reds, just mm -hmm. because they don't often go through oak aging, but mm -hmm. ooh, this it's one to me, soft. it's very soft, but I still get, I get like pear, I get a bit of grass. I, get, I can get the pear, that tink was my nose ring on the oh. glass. You can tell <laughs> I sniff wine a lot. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, ready? ready to cheers. Cheers, buddy. <gasps> oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah. Oh. Just like that. Crystal clear. Holy. Love it. Oh, I get the pink grapefruit big pink time. Pink grapefruit right off the bat. There is a smoothness to it, though, that, like, not, <laughs> doesn't mimic honey, but it's that same sort of mouth coating Right at the back sensation. of your mouth. Sensation, yeah. yeah, where it's, um. Uh, not super sharp like a Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really That's, nice. Take another sip of that if you don't mind. Okay, but can we bite into our food now? Because I'm, I'm oh. so excited. We can. It smells incredible. Ever since Delaney told me that this was the recipe she was bringing to the, to the table oh, last smells... week, I've been thrilled. Molly, this is for you. It yeah, smells Molly, incredible. We, Molly, we love you. We love you, Molly. Mmm. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. Oh my god. <laughs> right? Is this your first time having this recipe? Yeah. Is it not incredible? It's the black pepper, the butter, the parm, the lemon. The lemon, like, the lemon, I can't the lemon. Even, it's like cacio pepe. It's like mac and cheese, but so bright. much better, so much brighter. Like, why don't we just put lemon juice on everything? I don't right? know. Because you got someone, like, someone professionally trained in food, please tell me why we don't put lemon juice on everything. Because you get the brightness of the lemon juice, you get the super, super creamy of the butter. That like and the the onions are so soft now that they also give you that kind of creaminess oh, on the orzo. The orzo do. still has a little bite, so you got good texture. Yep. The whole thing is just chef's kiss. kiss. Chef's kiss, baby. So, do you have any other notes uh, aside from our brief wrap up we did of Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires? I mean, I think we really, I think we really worked through it today. We did. I uh, <laughs> no, we. Have, I mean, it was good. Like it, it. To be fair, it's a long book. It is a long book. We could have gone on for a lot longer, but I think we I think we kind of uh, snapshotted it pretty well. Yes, and uh, I'm very excited because um, it has, as you said, opened up just conversation topics to do with like spooky October stuff. Oh, yeah, like we're in it now. We're talking about vampires next week. Who knows? Well, I mean, listen, we're like a couple weeks out from Halloween. Our selections for the coming weeks are going to be spooky, divine. Yeah. Oh, very both <laughs> both spooky, spooky and, and divine. divine. Um, and I'm excited because we're definitely going to touch on our favorite vampire movies a few more times. I'm sure. Eh, probably. Yeah. It's gonna if fun. not a whole episode. Yeah. Who knows? You know? But other than that, thank you for joining us, guys. Thank you for joining us. I mean, we're going to dive into this uh, Orzo al Limone. Yeah. And this beautiful white wine from Lightfoot and Wolfville. Oh, thank you, Lightfoot. Thank, thank you, Delaney. You. Thank oh. you, Molly. Especially thank you, Molly. Yeah. Yeah. If you're looking for this recipe, you can find it in Cook This Book by Molly Boz. Mm -hmm. It is so good so easy highly recommend and 
highly recommend reading if you're into horror, you like a little gore, you like a little social drama. Yep. Book Club's Guide, Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix. It's a mouthful, but it's worth it. Yep, and we're struggling, but we're going to do it. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks for... Is it, thanks for getting salty. <laughs> what is we're, our sign off? We're workshopping it's it. It's a work in it progress. Stay, we're already salty, so get salty with us. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure it out next week. All right. See you later. Bye.